The Reseller Hangout Podcast is all about helping you grow, scale, and thrive in your reselling business. We're Rob and Melissa with Flea Market Flipper and have been in the resale biz for over 20 years. Not only do we buy and sell awesome items on a weekly basis, we also coach other resellers how to take their business to the next level. In this podcast, we are committed to bringing you great guests who love to share their tips, tactics that will help you level up in your current reselling business. So let's go. What's up, guys? Today, we are stoked to talk to Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture and super stoked to get a look inside of her business and to see some of the amazing stuff that she's doing and some tips on how we can do the same thing. So, Jen, thanks for jumping on here with us. Yes, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Of course. So let's go ahead and dive right into how did you get started in this whole furniture flipping business? World. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's been a while. It's almost eight years that I've been doing this. Um, it kind of started almost by accident. I would say my husband and I bought our first home um, and we had moved from a, a duplex. We had just been renting and we needed to fill our home with furniture. And of course we went to the big box stores, purchased furniture that was expensive, but cheap, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, so after, you know, six months or a year, when I saw this furniture was falling apart, I, the wheels kind of started spinning in my head. Like, I'm going to see what I can do for myself. And I had like a desk um, that we had used previously for one of our kids. And I just kind of painted that. And then like one thing led to another. And I was constantly going to rummage sales, looking on the curb, thrift stores, all that good stuff. And just finding my own pieces that um, in my opinion, were better quality than the big, big box stores. Plus I can make them how I wanted to, um, to fit my style. So we ended up filling our home with almost all of my own pieces. And then I honestly fell in love with it. It ah. became burning passion of mine. So I couldn't stop. Um, and then just little by little, I got my work out there, um, made a Facebook page, Instagram page, um, and it just kind of blew up and it's, you know, it's still here and it's wonderful. That is awesome. I love it. Yeah. Your pieces are beautiful. I love following you on Instagram. So thank you. um, Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the stuff that you do kind of get drawn to, um, I know you're talking about the big box store versus the, is it more typically older stuff that you're drawn to? Because we know older stuff is built way, way better with the real, uh, the real wood. You have dovetails, you have all that kind of stuff. Is that more to what you're drawn to? Um, yeah, for sure. I love vintage pieces. I love the really old antique vintage pieces. I also love, you know, mid-century. Um, but even now when we're talking about vintage, we're even talking like 80s furniture. Absolutely. Honest with you, it makes me feel old, but um, it just, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be old for me to do it, but I am definitely looking for pieces that are in good shape. You know, mostly, mostly solid wood dovetails are great. You know, it doesn't have to be, but I do look for those solid pieces. As far as my style though, I will work on anything from, you know, a 100 year old, gentleman's dresser all the way up to, like I said, something that was, um, a mid eighties part of a bedroom set, you know, I yeah. love it. I love yeah, it. We do uh, some vintage electronics and they're like the eighties and stuff right now. Right? Like, it's like, okay, that's we're, pretty- we're vintage now. Yeah. How, how is that vintage? But yeah, I got it. 
<laughs> That's funny. I love it. I, I did notice uh, the the other day or for Christmas, I wanted some um, nightstands for, and he got them for you from Hobby Lobby. And I, I love Hobby Lobby to shop at, but their furniture, like it's not very good. Like it's just kind of cheap. And so we have another mirror from them and I'm like, yeah, I yeah. love the store, but it's just not the same. No. Yeah. It's cute. It's really cute, you know, for little items, but yeah, I've done, I've been there, done that. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. That's so, cool. so when you dove in, like, were you doing this, you did this for your own house and then mm-hmm. how did you make the transition to doing it? Like as a side hustle, then to full-time, how did yeah, that? I, like I said, it honestly kind of happened just organically after I did a few pieces and I got better at it, I guess. Um, I had people like friends and family saying, you know, you should get your work out there, you know, and, and I did, you know, just as simple as starting my Facebook page. And, um, for me, um, word of mouth was everything. So in the beginning, it was just, you know, my Facebook page, a few friends and people sharing it and a few clients that bought my pieces and they would share it with their friends and family. And that was huge for me. I live in a fairly rural area. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, that was one thing that helped me grow for sure. And, um, yeah, then it, it was, like you said, it was kind of a side hustle, just something for fun. I, I love doing it. It didn't, it still doesn't feel like work. Um, but I also had at the time, you know, my kids were much younger. So I've, I've been a stay at home mom, um, my whole life, my husband works in healthcare. He has an incredibly crazy, busy schedule. So I always had to be available. I had to be the one that was available for my kids. Um, because like I said, his, his schedule is just unpredictable. Um, so this allowed me once they went to school, it allowed me to, um, have my thing, um, help provide a little bit for my family and still be available for my kids. And, um, you know, then it just, then it just kind of grew. And the more that I got my work out there, the better I got at it. Then the more I was able to work with different companies and, um, you know, here we are. So it's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. That sparked a question. Uh, like we're really big on telling people what we do. Uh, people come out of the woodworks when they know we resell stuff to give us stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you have people pre-ordering? Like they see your amazing creations. They see what you're doing or transformations. And do you have people, once you get the word out there, are people saying, Hey, you know what? I really would love a nice set of nice stands. Can you keep your eyes open and, and try and make me that? Do you have people doing that? Yeah. All the time. I'm sure you guys get that a lot. Um, right. Because like I do both custom work and, you know, I just pick up pieces on my own and do them the way I want and sell them. So, um, a lot of times, you know, someone will see something and like, that's exactly what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for a different color or, you know, that's a little bit too big. So then they'll ask me, you know, if I can find X, Y, or Z, I am not at the point where I can, you know, I'll kind of put them on a list and mental list and kind of keep it in the back of my head, but I'm not at, I, I I'm, I'm kind of too busy to be like, like individually sourcing items. But if for sure, if I come across something that I know a client is looking for, then I will do that. Yeah. Awesome. Now, do you have a favorite style piece? I know you say you do everything. Like, do you kind of lean towards one that you like more or do you just like them all? You know, honestly, I like them all. I, I couldn't pick a favorite. I actually just posted a reel this morning with just a few, few of my pieces. And it's a question that I get asked a lot. What's your favorite style? And my answer is always pretty furniture. It's honestly, it's whatever I like, whatever I feel, um, you know, right back here I love this style. I know you can't see it very good, but it's, it's a very tall vintage gentleman's or high, high boy, tall boy dresser. Um, and the reason why it's still sitting there is because I can't, I love it so much that I, I 
can't decide what to do with it. Uh, um, you know, but I, I love vintage furniture. I love mid-century furniture. Um, but I, I just, I, I just like the transformation. I yeah. like pretty furniture. Yeah. Awesome. That actually brings into another question too. Where, so you're finding these cool, cool pieces of furniture. Where, where are you the majority finding these? Are they at thrift stores, yard sales, estate <laughs> sales? Uh, yeah. On the side of the road, yeah. what, what is your favorite yeah. place or where do you find the most good stuff? All of the above, honestly, I, I have a few go-to thrift stores that over the years, I, I just know which ones have the good pieces. Mm-hmm. So I usually hit up the thrift stores a couple times a week um, because it's ever-changing. And um, Facebook Marketplace is another go-to, which, you know, I think people have a love-hate relationship with. You can, you can find some really good things and then you can have bad experiences. So um, I've kind of found ways to make that work for me the best. Um, we go to as many estate sales as we can. Um, I live in Wisconsin. So most of those are in the spring and summer when the weather is nicer, same with yard sales. And then yeah, curbside finds. I mean, that's like a gold mine, you know? Yeah. People throw stuff out just this morning. You saw the table. It was like a weird looking desk. I'm like, that could be so cool. Yeah. Really really cool (laughs) stuff that people just throw out because they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know what they have sometimes, you know? That's yeah, cool. That's, that's fun. Cool. And, then, so, and then if you have a creative eye, you're like, oh, that could, I could make that into something really cool yeah. and desirable. Exactly. So, exactly. So many great places out there, guys, that you can find some cool stuff and some of it cheap, some of it free. So yeah, just take note of that. That's uh, for sure. That's awesome. When you were first like getting started in this, um, what would you say was an one of the harder obstacles to overcome, like to learn? Um, what do you think? Um, Probably um, furniture wise, um, picking the right pieces, Mm -hmm. knowing what to look for. I, you know, I do think that in the beginning I would take anything and everything, you know, if I did see curbside find um, or something at the thrift store that was really cheap, it was like, or people offering me, you know, Hey, do you want this? And I would take everything. And I ended up with just a garage full of honestly half junk. And, um, I think the more that I got into it, the more that I learned about furniture and what to look for was, you know, you don't have to save them all. Um, in fact, you you can't save them all. Some of them truly are (laughs) meant to be on the curb (laughs) and it's okay to say no to that. So you do have to, you know, I think that was one of the obstacles, like look for the high quality, know what to look for. Um, so, I mean, that's one. And I think also just kind of finding your own, um, finding your own style, I guess. Um, I think there's a lot of furniture or creative people, refinishers out there. And, you know, you might look at other people's work and think like, oh my gosh, I want mine to look like that. Or I wish mine looked like that. And I think the comparison game in the beginning was a little hard, but I'm telling you, once I, once I found what I liked and what I was good at and kind of stayed in my lane with that, that's when people started saying like, I love your work, you know, and recognizing my work because I wasn't trying to be like anybody else. I was doing my thing. So I think that's important too. I love love it. Your own style. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you storing all of your pieces? You said your garage, but is it? I mean, (laughs) I have, so we have, I have half of my garage full with furniture. The other half is one of our vehicles. I have two storage units. And then, like I said, this is my house. This is kind of our front foyer area. And this is where I work and store furniture. And luckily my, my family doesn't mind. So (laughs) that's awesome. We do some of the same thing. Absolutely. Bring stuff into the living room. Yeah, they do. That's cool. Um, Yeah. So would you say like, 
how long does it take for an average piece from start to finish? Good and question. has that gotten shorter over time? I'm sure it has, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm pretty fast, honestly. I just, I think that just comes with experience and repetition and over time you just get better and faster. Honestly, I could, I could finish a piece that didn't require a lot of repairs easily in a, in a day, in a, a few hours. Um, it's a lot of it is waiting for paint to dry, to dry. or top yeah. cure, stuff like that. But, um, typically, um, if someone brings me a custom piece, I usually tell them about a week turnaround time. It's not going to take me the full week, but right. you know, just working it in with the other, you know, nooks and crannies of, of my other furniture and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I tell people a week, honestly, I could get it done in a couple hours, but typically maybe a day or so. Yeah. Cool. And that sparked another question too. You mentioned repairs, stuff that didn't need repairs and stuff like that. How did you learn to do repairs? Like what is your best resource or um, if, if, yeah, if you had a broken leg on something or the yeah. back of a drawer fell off, how did you figure out? And when you started, how did you figure out how to do these, these repairs? Um, you know, a lot of it was trial and error and just trying to figure it out. My husband helped me a ton in the beginning um, because I was very, you know, I'm, I wasn't very familiar with tools and things like that. So he helped me a lot in the beginning. And then of course, you know, the good old Google and, and YouTube and then um, Instagram has been an amazing community. Um, there's so many furniture people on there that are willing to share and help. And so, and I do that as well now that I, I know more. Um, so just kind of looking to other people and trial and error. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That would intimidate me. I think at first too, to mm -hmm. think, cause I didn't even, even know you could repair for like some of the stuff and make it yeah. smooth again. I'm like, Oh, that's, I can't, you can't do anything with it, but you can right. yeah. for that time. Especially yeah. when you have good bones, when you have real wood, there's right. a lot you can do with real wood, yeah, um, sanding stuff and fixing stuff. And so that's what cool. did we do before Google and I know and, YouTube and YouTube. Uh, right? Right? <laughs> he fixes a lot of stuff that we sell just random stuff on eBay too. And yeah. um, people are like, how do you know how to fix it? And he's like, well, YouTube. <laughs> Google it. YouTube it. Yeah. Somebody did it. So yeah. let's figure it out. So that's cool. That's really, yeah. really cool. And uh, yeah. where, where are you selling most of your pieces right now? Um, most of my pieces sell from my Facebook page. So I have a, a Facebook page, a Facebook business page and an Instagram page. So between those two outlets, that's where most, most of my pieces sell. I don't have a storefront. Um, you know, I don't open up my home to, um, customers or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's online. Um, if a piece sits for a little while, I'll put it on Facebook marketplace, but luckily my pieces sell pretty quickly just through my social yeah. media sites. Well, that's interesting. That yeah. is awesome. A lot of people use, you know, like a um, marketplace, marketplace yeah. to sell their stuff. Yeah. You're using just your page and your Instagram. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. you have a lot of local people then? Um, I do. I do. So I've been on Facebook much longer than um, Instagram. And, you know, I, I think I started that page, like I said, eight years ago. So I have a nice following on my Facebook page. And I think, you know, because, because my following has built up over the years and because it's a strong local following, that's what I'm talking about with the yeah. word of mouth. Yeah. That's kind of where, where it all started for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I have luck on my, on my Facebook um business page yeah, cool no that's really that good. sparked one more question so what if you find a fan that is not local do you ship furniture or what do you do in that case because i oh. guarantee people find you that way is that yeah. something that you've dealt with or how do you handle that um i've shipped furniture twice and both were to a client who um 
basically arranged the shipping herself okay. because it is, it's not easy. It's really expensive. Um, a lot of my pieces, you're going to pay as much, if not more for the shipping than what the piece sells for. And okay. I personally don't feel comfortable with that. I mean, if, if a client is okay with that and they want to do it, the they risk. can. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the case with, with this person. She was like, I, I want it. I don't care. I'll arrange shipping. And that worked out well um, because then the, kind of the other issue with shipping furniture is you have to find someone that's reliable, that's going to care for the piece. Well, you kind of have, have to look at their reviews and all that kind of stuff. And I always think, oh my gosh, what if something happens. Something happens. Yeah. I feel responsible, even though it wasn't me that did it. Right. Um, so I, I kind of put it on the client. If they want to ship and they find a reliable shipper and they find a price that they're willing to pay, then sure. That's but otherwise, otherwise I typically don't. And like I said, luckily my pieces sell pretty quickly locally. So I don't really even have to worry about it too much. Yeah. Awesome. That's great that you don't even have to worry about the marketplace yeah. so much. So, cause marketplace yeah. can be hit or miss too. It uh, really is. Especially now with them wanting shipping, like they want every, right. they show you all these other stuff. I'm like, just show the local stuff. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, Very so, it's so annoying. Yeah. So what if somebody did want to go that route and sell locally on their Facebook or Instagram, what kind of tips would you give someone like trying to grow, really grow their pages? Well, like I said, first of all, for word of mouth is everything. So make sure that you um, are providing good product. First of all, yeah. you know, Absolutely. be proud of your furniture, but, um, you know, it's not going to be perfect at the beginning. So don't feel like it has to be perfect in order to get it out there, but, you know, do quality work, you know, don't, don't just, you know, kind of slap paint on furniture and expect that everyone's just going to all of a sudden love it. So make sure you're doing quality work, um, providing great customer service. Um, in the if you're just starting out, this is a piece of advice that I would give someone to. I know that in the very beginning, um, my stuff was underpriced. I know it was, especially looking back at it now. Do I regret it? Not at all, because that's what got my work out there. That's what got my name out there. And then you know, someone told someone told someone that you know, look at this piece, I love it, and that's that's how it grows. Um, and then I felt comfortable raising my prices as I got better because I, I just, I knew better quality. better. Yeah. Yeah. So I was fine with it. And now I had this core group that they were willing, they were willing to, you know, come along with me. So, so, you know, I don't want to tell people to undervalue your work at yeah. all, but be open to, you know, it's okay if you have to start start a little bit lower than what you hope to be at someday because you have to gain that exposure um another way to gain exposure is um work with local businesses i used to have um a couple uh pieces in a couple like downtown shops one was a flower shop that also had like little home decor so i reached out to them and said hey would you ever be interested in having some of my pieces in your store um you know and then i would have business cards there and my my name and, and contact info. I have that at a couple different stores. Um, I've donated pieces to um, different galas or um, silent auctions. And that, again, um, you know, that especially if you don't have a storefront, how are people going to find you? So you need to get your work out there. And especially with furniture, it's like, you know, seeing the pretty, pretty pictures on Instagram and Facebook are wonderful. But when you see something in person and you can feel it and touch it and move yeah. it, like that's so important. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Those are some great, great things, stuff that I've never even thought about. Even local stores trying to get your pieces in there, um, Mm -hmm. silent auctions and donating stuff. Yeah, that's really, really cool to get your name out. So there's a huge value uh, right there for sure, telling people how to expand. I wanted to ask you too, do you have a favorite paint they use or do you kind of go back and forth with different? I do. I, I, you know, over the years I've used them all, um, starting out from just buying it at the, um, hardware store then you know making your own chalk paint to you know I was big into Annie Sloan in the beginning because I that and I still love Annie Sloan I just don't use it as much because I only use that when I'm going for a specific look Mm -hmm. it's just that's just something that you learn as as you're in this business you kind of learn like this paint is good for this kind of piece this paint is good for that so I've used them all um but in the last year um year and a half um I've come across a paint brand that is like my hands down number one go-to it's melange paints um they're out of sugarland texas um family owned business and their product is incredible they reached out to me and just asked me to try their paint you know i get that i get that a lot um and you know most of the time i'll say yes you know i'll, yeah. I'll try your paint sometimes you love it and sometimes you're like oh no um and, and i i never i won't ever like publicly come on and and you know, that's a paint brand because when I, just because it's something I like, it might, it, it may, you know, just because it doesn't work for me, doesn't mean it won't work for someone else. Everybody finds what they like. Um, so I won't ever publicly, you know, diss them. But when I find something that I love, I am like, you guys, this is it to try this. This is it. So after I used that for a few months, I was just like, I'm done. I'm sold. I am at the point that I, if paint companies reach out to me to try, I I have to kindly decline because I'm like, I found my thing. So that's, that's what I use 95% of the time. And then I still use, um, milk paint, which is a totally different kind of paint. You can see this green dresser in the background here. It's when you're going for that really chippy old look, then I'll use milk paint. And like I said, Annie Sloan chalk paint. So I'm down to those three, Annie Sloan chalk paints, um, Shacto interiors, milk paint, and then um, melange paints is my go-to. I love I want, it. I want to try all the paints. I know. <laughs> I try them I know. all it's so <laughs> to see which ones I love. I, th- I think it's so right. therapeutic just to paint. Like I'm not really good at it, but I'm learning. And yeah, I think it's just, it's fun to do. It's just sure. it's, it's and, an outlet. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another piece of advice that I love to give people is that, you know, I'll get the question all the time. Like how, how, um, how does it look? How does that look so smooth? Or how did you get it through this? And it's like, you guys, you have to realize that I've been doing this for a long time. And my work eight years ago does not look like it looks like now. One of the best ways to get better at it is just to do it. Um, just get your paint on a brush. And I only brush, I don't spray. Um, get your paint on a brush, try different paints, try different brushes. Um, and just do it. And you will learn something from every single piece that you do. So even if you make a mistake um, and you feel like you ruined it, you you didn't really lose. You learned something. I still learn something from every single piece that I do and, so, you, and you get better. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And that uh, made me think of, if you have something, you know, is not, no piece is ever perfect, but like you'd made a little thing, like you're like, Oh, I can't sell that now. Or how do you recover from that? Um, you know, my, um, my whole business is built on perfectly imperfect. Yeah. I stand behind that hundred percent when, um, 
when people are buying vintage furniture or painted furniture or refinished furniture, in my opinion, they're not expecting it to be perfect. If they wanted it to be perfect, they would go to the big box stores and buy that furniture. So that is not the client that I want, or that is coming to me. So none of my pieces are ever going to be perfect. And I love it that way. That's the way I want it. Um, so that also helps me to not stress, not overthink. You know, I see some people, um, mostly on Instagram that are just nitpicking and it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, oh my gosh, look at this and this hinge and that, and it, to be honest, makes me cringe. Cause I'm thinking you, you guys are losing the joy in, in this, because that's, that's stressful. Um, what I do is fun. Um, and it doesn't feel like work at all. However, um, you know, so perfectly imperfect, that's my philosophy. So I'm not, my pieces are not perfect. However, if I do something where it's like, oh no, you know, a drawer, a, a drawer bottom is falling out, or, you know, there's a big veneer chip, you know, that I have to fix. Like I, I won't sell something that is you know, bad by any means. Um, but you know, honestly, I have never found a mistake that I couldn't fix. So I think it might take a while, you know, you might have to do more Google searches or find answers on, um, YouTube, but don't be afraid to make those mistakes. You, most of the time you're able to fix it. Yeah. I think that is a huge point guys, especially when you're talking about the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it, the better your work's going to come out, but you have to do it. You just have to consistently do it and you'll get better and better at it. So I think that's a huge, huge piece. I do. I agree with you too. I think people see all the pretty pieces on Instagram and everything and they get like, Oh, my piece isn't, you know, perfect like that. And but start start where you're at. So yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that goes back to the comparison. It's like, if you're just starting out, don't compare yourself to someone who's been doing it for eight years. I have made all the mistakes and that's, you know, you have to make them to learn. Um, you can watch other people do it. I could tell you, use this brush, use this paint, but until you physically do it for yourself, um, you won't, you, you won't be able to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jen, thank you so much for doing this. We greatly appreciate your time. We appreciate all your knowledge. I mean, you're, you're definitely bringing some amazing stuff that people are going to think about. Yeah. Yeah, And, and definitely work into. So thank you for your time. Where can people find you? Where can people come see some more of your work? Let us know. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram, uh, both perfectly imperfect furniture. Um, just type it in and you'll find me, I think. Um, uh, yeah. And right now, you know, no website, no store, but, um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Hopefully YouTube soon. <laughs> My son is, he's 14 and he's like mom you got to get on youtube and i'm like dude i just i'm old school but he's really good with computers so maybe he'll help me do that if he can edit i mean that's a that's That's, fine i I know that's what he's telling me he's like mom i can do the editing so (laughs) i'm hoping to get there yeah confidence to do it We'll look cool. for you there soon. Absolutely. <laughs> but we do have the links below. Go check her out. Facebook, yes. Instagram, guys. We, uh, yeah, super, super awesome. Thank you for your time, Jen. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me, you guys. We want to thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review and share this episode with your friends. We are so incredibly grateful to be on this flipping journey with you. Woohoo! We'll catch you on the flip side.